Welcome to Karmic Astrology with Lisa Wagner. Today's episode is about your karmic contract and how looking at Saturn in your natal chart helps you to understand what you agreed to do in exchange for the opportunity of this life. Since this is the first episode in this podcast series, I spend a few minutes first introducing myself to you, I'm Lisa, before we dive into the topic. At the end, I share a little more about me and some resources. For more information about me, my readings, classes, astrology community, you can visit my website at karmicastrology.com. Podcast notes and transcripts are available there. And if you'd like to be notified when new episodes drop, text the word podcast to 844-382-8016. I won't spam you with any other text. I'll just let you know when there's a new podcast and you can um, reply stop at any time. You can also text me questions or topics that you're interested in learning more about so that I can address them here in the series. So here we go. Hi, I'm Lisa, and I believe astrology is a language you can learn. And hopefully in this episode, you're going to understand why I say that a lot. So I've been a professional astrologer since the mid-1980s. Astrology is endlessly fascinating to me, in part because every chart is this like amazing, complete package that somehow all fits together to tell a story, to tell your story. And I just love doing readings. Astrology has been an important part of my own path of self-discovery, and it continues to teach me about myself and the world around me. I love talking about astrology and teaching astrology, and I especially love being present when someone gets it, you know, when they make connections and like understand, oh, I get it. I see what that means. I can't tell you how thrilled I am when they start to understand the language and begin to derive personal meaning from astrology. So the tagline for this podcast, Astrology is a Language You Can Learn, is important to me because I think it's tempting for people to think astrology is just too overwhelming to learn. You know, I mean, the first time I had a professional reading done, I was blown away and figured she was just psychic. Like that was an easier explanation for me because I couldn't see how all that detailed information came out of that piece of paper that she called my natal chart. But as I returned to her and learned more about myself, I started to see how it really was all there. Learning astrology is like learning a language because with a language, you learn vocabulary and grammar and, you know, special phrases, specialty words. And as you build fluency, you know, you learn to think in the language, like you stop translating and you think in the language. You learn how to be funny in the language or how to write poetry. You keep broadening and deepening your fluency. And that's what it's like with astrology. So I'm starting this podcast assuming that the fluency of each of you listening is all over the place. I mean, some of you may be complete beginners. Some of you may know a little and some may be quite a bit. I'm going to do my best to make make this accessible to those of you that are just starting your journey with astrology, yet also include some more advanced information. And I just have so much I want to share with you, things I've learned over decades of reading charts. 
I also want to inspire you to see the value of learning astrology, you know, to study your own chart and then, you know, to read books or take classes, listen to other astrology podcasts. I hope you can use my podcast as a tool to learn and become even more curious. So let's get started with today's topic. So as you can tell by the title, I do karmic astrology, which means I read the chart as a painting of other lives that are most relevant to this one. So your soul enters the earth plane once and then has many lifetimes simultaneously. While human, we experience time as linear. Today is the present, yesterday is the past, tomorrow is the future. Out of body, we experience time differently. So these lives are all interconnected. Like if you were going on a trip for a few days, you wouldn't take like absolutely everything you own. You take what you believe you need and you know, maybe some extra stuff just in case, but you would pack for that trip. So your natal chart is looking at all of these lives, maybe a thousand or more lives from the perspective of this one and shows the beliefs, values, talents, fears, lessons, goals, agreements, all of that that's relevant for this life. It, and it shows your goal for this life and what you agreed to do in exchange for the opportunity to be here. Now, your natal chart is cast using your date, time, and location of birth. And when I read a chart, I like to start with the ascendant because it's your entrance into this life. It shows your view of life coming in and the way you came in choosing to relate to the world. Physically, the ascendant is what was rising on the eastern horizon at the time and place of your birth. The Ascendant gives a lot of insight into early childhood and how you were raised. When you hear people talk about their rising sign, they're referring to the sign on the Ascendant. The Ascendant also sets up the wheel of the chart and the starting point for dividing the chart into 12 houses. Now, I use the equal house system. It's integral to the system of astrology I use, and I love that all 12 houses and signs are fully represented. I've explored other house systems and they just don't provide the accuracy for me. So I urge you to use an equal house version of your chart when you're learning with me. So I mentioned that the ascendant was your entry into this life. And let's just run through a few more um, basic vocabulary terms before we dig into the topic. The midheaven is your soul energy. Physically, it was what was directly overhead at the time and place of your birth. The planets are energy processes you've worked with in past lives. And even though the sun and moon, you know, aren't planets, and technically astrophysicists will tell you that Pluto isn't either, we refer to all of them, the sun, moon, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, Pluto, all as planets because they all function like energy processes in the chart. The nodes are the points where the moon crosses the elliptic, so they are points in space. The north node is the goal of this life, and the south node shows karmic patterns you are using to move you towards your goal. So I mentioned that the chart is divided into houses. The houses, or these 12 equal parts of the circle, are areas of life experience and show current life focus. The 12 zodiac signs are karmic styles of expression. And aspects are the relationships between pieces in your chart and show how the energies work together. I also use numerology as the degrees and minutes have meanings as well. So if all that sounds super complicated, just stay with me because I'm going to help you learn astrology piece by piece and integrate what you learn so that you don't have to do a lot of memorizing. I'm going to teach you how to understand astrology. 
So I mentioned that planets are energies. We're going to talk a little bit about Saturn today because Saturn rules time and space. It's how we define ourselves as human. It's our humanity, our human experience. So Saturn in your chart shows how you relate to structure, security. It's what you rely on. Uh, it's um, boundaries, limits, commitment. Because while your soul is in human form, you need to care for your body. You need to eat and you need to sleep. It's also our karmic contract. It's what you agreed to do for the opportunity to be here. The astrologer I studied with called it the price you pay for the ticket. So since houses are areas of life experience, when you look at Saturn in your chart, look at the house it's in for insight into what you agreed to do. While there's more to it than the house, today we're just going to focus on briefly looking at Saturn in each house and how that uh, expresses that karmic commitment. So hopefully this will give you a bit of an understanding of the 12 houses as well as a glimpse of Saturn and show you how you can look at one of these energies in the chart relative to the house it's in. So the thing with Saturn is that there's a bit of the teach what you need to learn um, feel with it. So as you share what you know, you're learning. You help others and you learn more and then you have more to share. It's a cycle of learning and teaching. Um, it's an area that you have some responsibility for. You have responsibilities in this life um, where Saturn lives and you have to own up to those responsibilities. So try to look at Saturn as both strengths you have and opportunities to learn as well as commitments you need to fulfill and ways in which you need to give back. The lessons and tasks that come up are about bringing order, healthy limits, exploring security and responsibility and timing to that area of life. So the first house is the zone of self-awareness. It's how we connect with our body and derive our sense of self. And it's how we're informed about how life impacts us. So if you have Saturn here in the first house, then more than likely your sense of self is partially derived from a sense of responsibility. And it's common for folks like you to have been given inappropriate levels of responsibility, you know, to feel like you had to grow up fast, like you had to be an adult when you were a kid or had adult responsibilities. So it's likely that as you grew up, you felt that you had to rely on yourself. You could only rely on yourself. And you're very invested in having other people see you as responsible. So there's likely lem uh, lessons around setting personal limits and you know, learning to delegate, learning to trust other people and to feel like you don't have to do everything yourself. And the more you're able to explore that, the more you're able to develop and express healthy limits and to experience your self-reliance in a way without limiting who you are and who you can be and trusting other people and knowing that you know what, even if somebody goofs up, you know, you'll survive, you're okay. See, that's the, the positive side of that self-reliance, that it, it gives you then the strength that you can trust others. So if they screw up, they screw up, you know, it'll be all right. But, 
But hopefully what you're going to learn is how to trust other people that won't screw up. And so then you learn that you're not alone and that you don't have to do everything yourself. And so those kind of lessons around really deeply trusting yourself, like relying on yourself in a way because you feel a deep sense of confidence, not because you feel like you have no one else you can trust. You know, having a healthy sense of responsibility and not feeling like overly burdened with obligations so that you feel resentful, you know, but having healthy limits, healthy responsibility, healthy sense of self-efficacy. That's what your life is about. And as you grow and develop that and share who you are with others, then they learn from you. Now, the second house is about resources and survival, and it's seeing yourself as a resource. So there's always a component of self-worth that goes along with the second house. And sometimes when people are first learning astrology, they just think of the second house as stuff, but it's really think more, and it does include stuff, but also really think resources and think about self-worth. So Saturn in the second house is about relying on surviving and having, um, you know, a deep self-reliance and self and understanding of your self-worth and knowing that you can survive anything. It's also about, you know, your relationship to stuff and your physical needs. Um, and, but Saturn is also in the second, if you have that, it's about like learning what's enough. You know, what are your true needs? Because sometimes we can get caught up in, um, substituting stuff for like, say, emotional needs. Like, for example, you know, sometimes when someone dies and people are fighting over the belongings, it's really not about who gets this, you know, particular photograph or piece of jewelry or whatever. It's usually about deeper meanings, you know, that, that are causing the, the conflict. So there's, there's sentimental attachments that we, you know, place on stuff and, then there's the value, the, the, you know, tangible value that we get from stuff. And so Saturn in the second house really digs into all that. It's like, what do you really need? What is enough for you? Like, how much do you need to accumulate to feel like you have enough, to feel like you have resources? And it's also people that can feel incredibly resourceful with having very little because they, they know how to get their needs met in any given situation. So Saturn in the second is about finding stability and appreciating earthly pleasures, understanding your responsibility about meeting your needs, looking at where your responsibility begins and ends regarding the needs of others. So that's Saturn in the second. Saturn in the third, third house is about communication. Um, And so it's like finding your voice. It's speaking up. Third house is about libraries, databases, you know, information, media systems, teaching, and it's about the effect your words have on others. So it's about how and when you communicate and being responsible for your words. So if you have Saturn in the second, you're going to have lessons around communication and the effects your words have on others and when and how you have a responsibility to communicate. So uh, and third house is also about siblings. So Saturn in the third is often an oldest child or someone that has lessons to learn about sibling relationships.
So the fourth house is the zone of the goddess. It's Mother Earth. It's seeing the earth as a living being. It's our relationship with and stewardship of the earth. It's nurturing, ancestry, and family. So Saturn in the fourth is often about learning to create a supportive family or family-like support system. It's healthy limits with family. It's protecting the environment. It's family legacy. It's creating a home that feels safe. It's creating like your little corner of the world. And whether or not you grew up in a family that gave you the stability and the support that you needed, Saturn in the fourth is someone who has to take responsibility for that as an adult. Like they still, whether they got it when they were young or not, as an adult, you have to create that for yourself. So you're creating your little space, your little nest, your little corner of the world with your home and your, your, um, the, the people in your life that support you to create that space. The fifth house is about creativity, play, children. It's fun. It's romance. It's taking risks. So as with everything, so much depends on the whole chart. So if you have Saturn here, it could mean needing to bring more responsibility and healthy limits to this area of your life. Or it can mean needing to give yourself the security you need so that you can take risks and you can let loose. So, you know, there are, you have to look, you have to look at the whole chart to really see what every piece in the chart means. But there are often lessons around owning up to responsibility in a way that gives you choice and freedom versus holding you back with obligations that you come to resent. So there's usually also lessons around um, having having a stable foundation so that you can then grow and thrive. Like children need boundaries. I mean, babies, little kids thrive when they're fed and when they nap on a schedule, right? Talk to any parent. Um, they become so protective of guarding their child's schedule because they know that the day is better when they can keep their kid on schedule. The better their routine, the better they feel. So the clearer their limits, the safer they feel. That's why they're always testing them. And when you hold the line, it actually makes them feel that there is something predictable that they can count on. They want to know that they're safe and to feel like their needs can be met. And when this happens, they're more able to just full out enjoy and be creative and wild and be a kid. And so Saturn in the fifth is needing to create that kind of stability for yourself so that then, you know, you're, you're free to be, you know, anything that you want to be to do anything that you want to do. And so with Saturn in the fifth, there's often a line to walk between feeling grounded and safe enough to take risks and to be attentive to responsibilities so that you have time to play. So it's like finding that balance, exploring that line, owning up to responsibility in a way that gives you choice and freedom versus feeling, you know, that you're held back or you're weighed down with obligations. Now, the sixth house often includes lessons around how to be of service without feeling subservient. So how to come from a place grounded in abundant self-care and self-healing so that you can help others freely and lovingly versus 
feeling like guilt or obligation. It's about learning how to have healthy boundaries with service and often includes a need for routines to manage health. So it's really important, like the energy with which you do something, your intention behind something carries so much impact. And if you're coming from a place of obligation and guilt, then it's like, that's what ripples through. And, you know, while you may tell yourself that you're doing a good deed, if you feel angry and resentful while doing it, it's not going to have as much of a positive effect as what it would have otherwise. So it's really important to learn, to find that balance where you are, where your needs are cared for enough, where your own healing is tended to, so that you have the strength and abundance to then freely help others and not feel resentful for doing it, you know, to not feel angry or obligated to do it. And then what you do or don't do will carry the best possible result forward. It'll have the best possible impact because you're doing it lovingly and freely rather than being bogged down with guilt or resentment. Now, the seventh house is about partnerships and one-on-one relationships. So it's about peerage, feeling equal to another, it's finding balance. And with Saturn in the seventh here, there are lessons about healthy boundaries in relationships, about being connected, but not enmeshed. It's about learning to rely on others, you know, in a healthy way. So the more you learn to deal with boundaries, commitment, obligation, and timing in relationships, that's really important too, because Saturn is about timing. And sometimes, you know, so much of the form of the relationship that we have with someone is really driven by the timing. Like maybe it's a great time for you to work, to partner up and be business partners or work with this person, or maybe it's not. Maybe it's a great time for you to date this person, or maybe it's not. And so the timing has a big impact on what the relationship can be. And, you know, there's a lot in nature that teaches us about timing. You know, when you think about the growth cycle, wherever you live, there are natural growth cycles when things, you know, bloom, when they die. Uh, you know, you don't try to, you know, I live in a, a cold, uh, you know, climate in the winter, so I'm not going to try and plant flowers outside in January. It's not going to work. I got to wait until the springtime and then plant and then water and then they'll grow. So there's a lot, there's always lessons around timing with Saturn. And relationships have big lessons around timing. Sometimes it's just, it's not going to work with this person because it's not the right time. So the more you can really fully embrace your part in every relationship and honoring the same with others and honoring the timing of your interaction with others, you know, the more supported and the more fulfilled you'll feel in relationships. Now, the eighth house is the zone of vulnerability, intimacy, and transformation. So Saturn in the eighth house includes lessons around learning how to feel safe while being vulnerable and how to set healthy limits in intimate relationships. People with Saturn in the eighth often have this experience um, where people just spontaneously confide in them. And I'm not just talking about friends or family, but, you know, people they don't know. I mean, you can 
you know, if you have this, if you have Saturn in the eighth, you know, you've, you know, been in the grocery store or riding a bus or on a plane or whatever. And, you know, someone just starts talking to you and telling you really personal things because it's about giving people a safe place to be vulnerable. Like that's part of your agreement. And as you more deeply understand your capacity for choice and, um, and, and are more willing to open up and allow yourself to have intimate connections with others, then the more you can also help others, uh, you know, by giving them a place to feel safe and to open up and you can help them deal with loss. You can help them shift from feeling like a victim because the truest form of victimization is the inability to perceive that you have a choice. So you made an agreement to learn more about choice, to understand your choices and to honor and respect other people's choices. The ninth house is about spiritual growth, travel, higher education, religion, philosophy, and social justice, uh, to name just a few. Um, having Saturn in the ninth often involves a need to expand your mind and explore the limits of growth with any given situation. So, you know, travel is seen as forced growth because when you move outside your familiar surroundings, you're sort of forced to take on new experiences. You know, you, you try different kinds of foods, you encounter different kinds of customs, you know, you don't know your way around, so you have to find your way around, or, you know, maybe you ask for directions. So, you know, travel is taking you outside of where you're comfortable and so that you can grow and adapt. And another thing with Saturn in the ninth house, because it has so much to do with like, you know, um, righteousness, you're really looking at like limitations of that. So it's kind of challenging you to look at how important is it to be right? Um, you know, would you rather be right or experience joy? Would you rather be right or be at peace? And that sometimes, you know, this crusading for what's right isn't necessarily the high, for the highest good of you or other people. Now, the 10th house is about your place in the world. So that can include career for sure, but it isn't limited to that. It's more about, well, your place in the world, your place in society. It's like how you self-identify when people wonder who you are and what you do. It's about finding your role and your unique contribution to the world. So there's also this aspect of living as an example in the 10th house. The idea is that you're being asked to live life in such a way that people can learn from what you do. And then if they copy you, they're better for it. So that's a beautiful thing. But there are often issues around perfectionism um, with this placement too, like feeling pressure to be like the perfect example of everything all the time. So what you need to do is not is to try to let go of some of the perfection seeking and embrace that your truest responsibility is just to be your authentic self. And that, you know, it isn't about being perfect. It's about being true to who you are. That is the ideal perfection. Being being the perfect you isn't about being infallible. It's about being 
the most authentic you. And as you're able to do that and able to model that, you give other people permission to express who they truly are and to be who they truly are without feeling trapped like they have to be perfect all the time. The 11th house is the zone of community, it's collectives, it's universal collection, uh, it's teamwork, um, it's group dynamics. So people with Saturn here usually have some need to get behind causes, um, to experience connection. So it can be about helping to bring order and organization to group activities. Um, it could be working on teams. You know, sometimes people with Saturn in the 11th can spread themselves too thin and they need to learn limits about how much of themselves they can invest in any given cause or any given group. Um, because again, remember Saturn teaches us lessons also about timing. So it can be like, you know, this can be a worthwhile thing for us to invest our energy in, but maybe it's not the right time to do that. So people with Saturn in the 11th may struggle sometimes with feeling overwhelmed with everything they should be doing in the world. And they need to remember that they aren't responsible for everyone and everything. Um, you know, that that um, African proverb, it takes a village to raise a child, um, is so appropriate here um, because it means that an entire community of people come together to provide a safe space for that child to grow up. And so, you know, it's important to honor your own sense of personal responsibility and to know that while you have a responsibility to communicate to your community, you can only do so much. You know, you can't, you can't fix everything. You can't, um, you can't be the rock for everyone. And so it's kind of finding that balance between positively contributing, but then also owning and tending to your own personal responsibilities. And then the 12th house, so the 12th house is about um, compassion. The 12th house is out of body. The 12th house is the dream state. Um, I call the 12th house the closet of the zodiac because it's where you kind of put things you don't want other people to see. It's not, it's not secrecy, it's privacy. It's sanctuary. It's, it's just what's private for you. And with Saturn here, it's very much like continuing what I just described with the 11th, but taking it further. And that's really learning that there's limitations on rescuing others, that you can't save everybody. So there's lessons around feeling really grounded in this earthly existence and fully embracing it, while also acknowledging that you are connected to something beyond this life. And it's learning how to, um, it's learning how to embrace your humanity and allow your soul to be fully expressed as being human. Because Saturn and the 12th are sometimes people that they feel, it's like they feel safer when they're out of body. They may have a tendency to want to retreat to fantasy. Um, to, to go to sleep even, you know, when they're, when they're feeling scared. Like it's almost like they, because where Saturn is in your chart is where you feel safe. It's what you can rely on. And so the 12th house says, you know, your sense of security lies in what is kind of beyond uh, this human life. So there's an interesting balance there in wanting to make dreams real, wanting to, 
um, compassionately express your soul, but also knowing that, you know, you have to live within the human limits and you still have to sleep at, you know, eight hours, seven hours or whatever a day. And you need to have meals and you need to rest and you need to feed your mind and you need to care for yourself or any people that you're responsible for. And you can't, and even if you could spend every second of every day saving others, you still would only be able to save so many people. So it's about honoring those human limitations and seeing them as healthy boundaries versus limitations. Like just honoring and respecting that everyone is here to have their own human experience. And while you can't save everyone by providing a positive contribution to the world, you know, you're adding to the collective good in the world and you're giving people the space, you know, to have their own experience. So that's just kind of a, a quickie look at Saturn in the houses relative to your karmic contract, what you agreed to do in exchange for the opportunity to be here. There's so much more we could talk about Saturn and there's just so many topics that I want to cover for you. So I would love to hear from you and to know what you're most interested in, um, what you thought of the podcast today. If you have any questions about what I talked about, any questions about me, anything, you know, you can email me at Lisa, L-I-S-A, at karmicastrology.com, or you can text me at 844-382-8016. And I would absolutely love to hear from you. Um, as I mentioned, my website is karmicastrology.com, and it has resources like how to get your chart cast online for free, transcripts of this podcast, information about stargazers, that's my astrology community, and uh, and some other stuff too. So, And you can find me on Instagram at Karmic Astrology. So folks, remember, astrology is a language you can learn, and I want to help you do just that. Have a beautiful day. Mm-hmm.